Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. How's everybody doing? Um, <clears throat> I'll admit this week was challenging for me. Anybody have a challenging week? Anybody have some challenging weeks in the past? Um, you know, things just don't always work out the way you want them to. So in our family right now, you know, my mom is sick. My mom's struggling. And she's battling cancer. And, you know, in the long run, we know what's going to happen, you know? Whatever the, de- whatever the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come, whatever happens, we know what our promise is, right? And I'm just going to speak real from my heart today. We know what our promise is, and that is eternal life, right? Eternal life. That doesn't mean we give up. That doesn't mean that it's like we shift and water down the word to match our circumstances. But we have to deal with where this life, you know, the stuff that this life throws at us. So I had a birthday. You know, you start getting certain ages and you're like, I don't know that I like these birthdays so much anymore, you know. <laughs> Anybody feel that way with me? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of a series called Thrive and Prosper. And it's like, I don't know that I feel like I'm thriving this week. You know, are you, are you with me? I just want to be real. And so how many of you have seen this uh, old person face app thing going around? <laughs> how many of you have done that? You made yourself look old. Yeah. You want the one that looks younger. I noticed that that one started going around. I want to look younger. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's some app that... Uh... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... Lyle and I discussed this. I already told him that I was going to mention it. But... Um... People were doing it, and I was like, I ain't doing that. I am not doing that. I don't want to see, I don't want to see it. I don't want that image in my head for, for several reasons, you know. And uh, I don't want to get too heavy on you, but it might get a little bit heavy just because I'm, you know, and, and, and it was a real thing. So I value incredibly guarding my heart. I don't want images in my mind that are going to choke out the word. I don't want thoughts in my mind. I don't want impressions on my heart that are going to cause me to have to struggle with things in this life beyond what I'm already having to struggle with. You know what I mean? I want to protect my heart. I want to guard my heart. I didn't want that image in my head. I just didn't. And, you know, so uh, somebody was giving me a hard time. It's like, why, man? It's hilarious. It's so funny. Check it out. (laughs) You know, laughing. I'm like... Man, I don't want to see. I don't. I don't want to see it. I don't want that image in my mind. And uh, so Lyle's back there. Lyle, I love you, man. We 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 already we already we're cool. We're cool. But so Lyle walks in with this. Hey, it's your fault too. You don't get out. You know. She's like. I, I just want. I want to be real, okay? Because I have a point in this, and I'm not throwing these guys under the bus because it's a dumb, silly game, right? It, it's everybody's enjoying it, having fun with it. But where I was and what I was going through, it was a problem for me. And they didn't know that. They're just having fun, you know? I'm connecting with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And it, not because of the superficial image, but because of other stuff. And the other stuff was, and so he, he, Lyle walks in with the picture. I, I feel bad for even mentioning your name, but I just want to make it real, you know. And, uh, and, the, and he's like, I, he's hiding it because I already said I didn't want to see it. And he's showing other people and they're all laughing. And in that moment, I had a decision. Okay, you can deal with this. You can get over this. You can make a decision. You cannot be affected by something that's happening out here. And you can hold true. You know, you can stand strong and not be impacted and affected. And it was interesting how like that. He's standing there and it shifted because I don't even know why. Just internally, I decided, no, I'm not going to let this affect me. And I didn't even really realize that I made the shift that fast until afterward, until after I thought about it. Right. It was like because I have, you know, for a long time now, I have lived a life where I, you know, guard my heart. I watch what I'm watching and listening to and all that. Not because I'm worried that God's going to be upset you know, but because what I know is that seeds grow. Seeds grow and they start with thoughts and they start with thoughts like that. And a thought can turn into a gigantic tree in your life if you don't, if you're not careful and it will rule you if you're not careful and it will vex you and you become vexed by this thing, right? I have had images in my mind before in my life that were vexing. I remember when my dad passed away, that image and the emotion associated with that, that what I saw was vexing. And it was like, I'd see it at night, I'd lay down to sleep and I'd feel it. And, and, and it, was, it just was gripping. And it took a couple of weeks really for me to be able to have the memory without all of the weight associated with it, right? And I had to process it and get over it and move on. Thankfully, I know how to do that. Thankfully, I've, for, you know, throughout my life, I've learned and developed that capacity to be able to do that because of being able to connect with God's peace, reinforce who I am in Him, root myself back in what truth is, and live in that reality rather than this other reality, and then that reality run and, and draw me into it. Because you are being drawn into the future that you perceive. And that image meant something. It meant... And, and man, I'm telling you, I looked exactly like my dad in that image. In a weird way. I mean, it is kind of funny. Well, once I finally looked at it, I was like, man, that is weird, you know, and had a laugh about it, and it didn't, it didn't scar me, you know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds silly, but, you know, that's, those are the kinds of things that make or break life. You know what I mean? Like, those things are what determine whether or not you're going to have peace or whether you're going to be in turmoil, you know? Oh, and, and it might, I don't know what it is for you, but it's something. And it starts somewhere, and you better watch out. You better know. And, and if, you, if you can't control your environment, and you can't control yourself, and it's something that comes at you that you have to deal with, that you, that you don't have a say-so over, you better know how to find peace. You better know how to draw on that promise of eternal life. Guard your heart. Get a hold of your thoughts. Get a hold of your emotions and turn it back to the truth and let the truth rule within you because that will grow as well. Whatever you let remain in there will grow. And so, so uh, Travis is like, man, why don't you want to see it? And, it just, and, it, and, it, and I just, in a moment of honesty, I said, because my dad died of cancer and my mom's suffering with cancer right now and I've lost two people in our church that we love 
that have cancer, and I don't want to see that. I don't want to see myself old and have to struggle with that. I didn't say it as that demonstrative, but I said it that bluntly and directly, and it was like silence. <laughs> and I just was like, that's the reality of it. I didn't want to see that image because of other emotional situations I'm in right now, and I didn't want it to affect my heart and my life. But he didn't know that, right? You didn't know that. You had no clue. You're like, it's just a silly, look at this weirdest hair. I'm going to make it look as weird as possible, you know. <laughs> but it's about guarding your heart. But even in the little things, you've got to know yourself, right. you know, more than anything, know yourself. I remember being in Bible school and my pastor, Jim Richards, would always tell this story about a man going up and seeking out this old wise man. And he'd say, tell me how to be wise. If you want to be wise... Know yourself better than others know you. Be able to tell yourself the truth. Be able to grab yourself from your throat or wherever it is where you get a grip on yourself and you can look at yourself and say, this is what you're doing. This is how you're feeling. You're judging God here. You're judging this person here. You're carrying this pain here. You're believing this lie here. You're doing this sin that's you think that you're playing games over here and you're hiding and you're creating relief for yourself, but you're destroying your heart. Get, you know, how do you get a hold of yourself? Not because you're afraid God's going to be mad at you, not because of the guilt and the shame that the, that the sin might produce, but because you are constricting the fruit that God wants to birth through you. I didn't want to have that image in my... I didn't want those seeds of illness to start growing in my heart and in my mind. I didn't want to struggle with it. But in that moment, grace, man, I'm telling you, grace came alive like that. Before I even realized what happened, like I didn't even think about it until later that I made that decision that fast. It's like instantly just, no. And I didn't even think about it, which I love. Now, if I could teach you how to do that, I would. I don't know how to teach you how to install those types of mechanisms in your own mind and in your own heart. But what I do know is that they're the fruit of you knowing who you are in Christ. They're the fruit of you knowing the true character of God and knowing who you are in Him so that when you are squeezed, that kind of stuff comes out, you know, rather than clicking through the Internet for relief or grabbing that bottle or sleeping around or whatever those things are that we do for relief. Because those match the image, right? What's the image that we have in ourselves, right? I mean, that's just real life. You know, I mean, I would love to jump up and let's talk about prophecy and what God's getting ready to do and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, that's fine. We can do that stuff too. But I, I want us to be healthy, prosperous, peaceful, fruitful, strong believers. Amen? I, that's what I want to be. I want to be rock solid. I don't want to be shaken by anything. And it's hard because you do have peace. You know, you've got more peace in you than you realize. You've got more strength in you that you realize than you realize. Because you get in these situations and other people around you look at you like, don't you care? It's like, well, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I've got a more eternal perspective of what's happening here. I have a more spiritual. Uh, spiritual understanding of the reality of this situation in this moment. I'm not moved by this physical moment. And it's hard because you're sitting there watching people that you love suffer. 
and you're watching people that you love make really bad decisions and you just want to help them and you realize that you can't help them unless they connect with God in their own heart. And I'm not just talking about my personal life. I'm talking about just in general, you know. If you care about people, you feel that. And we, dis we desensitize often because we can't handle it. We can't handle where we are and we can't handle, we sure can't handle where they are. But we need to be able to. We need to be able to have that thing that just rises up and says, no, this is God. You know, it's like just, just filter that grabs you without you even having to think about it and grabs you and says, no, this is the truth. This is the reality. The reality is God is good. God is love. Eternal life is your promise. God will not change his promises. He will not, you are not the exception to the rule. I don't understand. I don't know why timing this, that, this, the other, but I know one thing, God is good. And I, I know I've been doing this long enough now to know in my personal walk with him, I better put the right kinds of seeds in because I'm going to need them. I'm going to need to eat that fruit. At some point, I'm going to need that patience and that peace and that joy. But a lot of times we don't bother to cultivate that type of fruit until we need it, and then it's, too, it's unripe to eat, you know? Like you've got to plant and cultivate and water when you don't need it, because you're going to need it. And when you wait until you do need it, you're probably not going to know how to connect to it. That's why we do church. You know, you ever feel like, well, we're going to church again. Well, just keep putting that seed in, I'm telling you. Keep putting that seed in. Keep putting that seed in, because it's going to grow and water it. Amen? Amen. So, and then in, in a situation like that, then you are at a place where you can be let, and I'm not the model, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't have it all worked out. I got some things worked out, not all of it. And so this passage really is kind of the foundation of what we're talking about in these couple of weeks here. And it's just incredible. You know, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply. Say, will supply. Always. No doubt, no question, God will supply. God will meet your needs according to His riches and glory. Oftentimes, the problem is, is it's spiritual, and we, we, don't, we don't have the ground in our heart within which for it to grow where we can benefit from the spiritual promise that we have within us. We think spirit is just an idea, not an actual reality, but it's real. You know, when, when, when you're at peace is when you need to cultivate more peace because you're going to need it. Amen? <clears throat> he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. He's the one who supplies to you. Are you a <laughs> sower? Now, what's interesting is in this in this passage here, and I'm not going to go into this specific aspect today, in context, he's talking about the church taking care of one another. He's talking about being liberal financially, being generous, giving, taking care of the needs of these guys that are traveling around and carrying the gospel, and they've got home churches that have the finances and can sow into 
the ministry, and, and that's what he's talking about. But we know it transcends and translates to other areas of our life as well. Mostly righteousness, peace, and joy, the seeds that you need to bear fruit in whatever it is that you're going to face. Because it doesn't always work out. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. But God is faithful Amen. to his word. Amen? Amen? And we just have to trust that. <clears throat> we'll supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched. Now, I've been thinking about this for just a couple of weeks now, enriched. You know, what, what does enriched mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? See, because what we do is we seek God for answers and direction, but we're not making sure that our mind is in the frame to be able to think like he thinks, right? So if I want to be enriched in every way so that I can be generous in every way, personally what I do is I just meditate on the fact that he is enriching me. The fact that he is a supplier, that he is a provider, right? Not, God, you're over there and I need you to do this. Tell me what to do so I can get from you so this thing is met, right? That's what we do. We kind of put him over here and we want him to give us some information so we can fix this problem. And for me, it doesn't work. I need to focus on him. You are, you are a provider. So, so if I'm convinced that that's who you are, then my mind, it's like I'm resonating on the same frequency. I can be in tune with him and follow him. Then, then, then my mind and my perception is more tuned to hear his solutions and his leading. You know, you, you, you tune yourself by meditating on who he is, his character. Does that make sense? You will be enriched. Like in this moment, right now, you are being enriched. You might not feel it. You might have forgotten about it. You might not even really know how and what he's doing. And I'm not trying to be mystical, but his spirit is in you. His spirit's doing things. First and foremost, affirming to you that you're his child. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has given life to your physical body and testifying to you that you are his child. That's what he's doing. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So, you know, and I, this, mess, this focus here is coming a little bit sooner in this series than I thought, but I needed it this week personally. You know, I, I just took some time to let this feed me this week, but I have a feeling that, that you probably need it as well. So I just want to walk through this. I'm, I'm going to walk through Psalm 91. I'm in the contemporary English version, mostly because nobody reads that version. You don't have it memorized. You know what I mean? Because like when we read stuff we've already read, we don't take the time to engage it in our, with our hearts. So I wanted to read it from a different perspective. And I like the way that it says uh, some of the stuff too. So when the, when the crunch is on and you need those without thinking automatic responses to God so that your heart can correct itself, correct and follow him, it's because you've put stuff like this in there before you need it to happen. 
Does that make sense? Yes. You've put the preparation in. You've put the work in. You've put the word in. Know the Bible. Not to keep God happy. Not to fulfill your religious duty. But because it's alive. And it is the source that will sustain and protect and help you engage God when you need to. Live under the protection of God most high and stay in the shadow of God all-powerful. He must give that instruction because God wants you to actually do that. Like this is what I do when I read stuff like this. I go slow enough to think about it. And I want to think about it in such a way where it's like, okay, what does this tell me about who God really is? Because I think we read it legalistically too often. We read it as if to know the information and to try to make sure that we understand the doctrine aspect of it. But it's like, this is describing something. You know, his word, his logos, his logic, his spirit is alive within us. But this, this is describing someone, God. Are you with me? So it's not just the letters. It's, there's, there's depth to this. It's a person. It's God. It's Christ in me. This is describing some. This is describing someone. I want to know this person. I want to know this entity. So, so I'm going to read descriptions about him and let that develop a personal connection with him. So he wants to protect you. He's offering protection. Then you'll say to the Lord, you are my fortress, my place of safety. You are my God and I trust you. Like, is that how you feel about God? Is he your fortress? Is he your place of safety? Like we, we say that, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but, and we believe that, and, and for a large part he is, except for those areas where we don't trust him because of what happened in our lives and the things that we think should happen and it doesn't, we lose a little bit of trust in that area for him. But we need to make sure that we go back to a word like this, deal with that stuff, face those areas that have not worked out the way that we wanted in this life and face it and deal with it and wrestle with it and look at it and say, okay, was that God's will? Was he allowing it? Was he not allowing it? Was it his timing? Was it not his time? And you, and you deal with it and you, you go as deep as you can possibly go with it with the intention of getting to the truth. And the truth is always going to be an aspect of his character is what remains. Not that situation, not that circumstance, but who he is. And he is a fortress. What does that mean for you? How is he your fortress? How do you relate to him? So, so that's a description of him, a fortress. So how do you relate to him as your fortress? How are you going to experience that, that aspect of him? What does that mean for you? So you might, you, know, you might guess by now this is your homework for this week. What does that look like for you? You're my fortress. My place of safety, you're my God, and I trust you. The Lord will keep you safe from secret traps and deadly diseases. Deadly disease is rampant in our culture, in our families. We've probably all lost someone to a deadly disease. Is he lying? Is that not who he is? I mean... So 
you know, the technical person might say, well, this is to David. This is a promise to David. This is not to you. You can't take a promise like this and translate it to you because you can't take the promise to David that he's going to keep you from deadly diseases. Are you with me? Because and, and that's not improper exegesis of how to use the Bible, but there are promises in Christ that are available for us now. So it is a, even though this is written to someone else, the character behind it and who God is still relates to you. Because that's who he is. He's not going to be to you something different than he is to you. All his promises are yes and amen. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen in Christ. Is the promise of being free from disease in Christ? That's where you go back to Isaiah 53 or, you know, by his, 2 Peter, by his stripes we are healed. In Isaiah 53, the whole exchange that... You know, he bore our sickness and our disease on the cross. The world is messed up. Disease is not his will. He's not using it. It's a product of being broken and us not fully being able to live within what he offers to us. That's the reality. That is just the reality of it. Because that doesn't change. Secret traps and deadly diseases. He will spread his wings over you and keep you secure. His faithfulness is like a shield or a city wall. You won't need to worry about dangers at night or arrows during the day. You probably don't have anybody shooting arrows at you. But, but in some way you do, right? Guard your heart. It might be an old person face app. Somebody shooting an arrow at you. you might. I'm going to get some mileage out of this one. And you won't fear diseases. Wow. Really? Because there's some stuff out there that's pretty scary. You won't fear diseases that strike in the dark or sudden disaster at noon. You will not be harmed. The thousands fall around you, and with your own eyes you will see the punishment of the wicked. The Lord Most High is your fortress. Twice he says it. Run to him for safety. A lot of times we don't run to him until we stop feeling guilty for a while. Then we run to him. Like, let me just sit here and deal with this stuff for my, on my, myself because I don't want to go to God. He might know. Do you even know that you play games with God like that? Because we all do. Run to him for safety, and no terrible disasters will strike you or your home. God will command his angels to protect you wherever you go. I'm standing on that one. I've got a motorcycle. I'm praying in tongues while I'm driving. I'm not afraid, but I know other people. I just know the risk, right? But his angels are with me. I, I, I believe that. I don't know how that works. You don't see Jesus commanding angels. He said he could, but he didn't, he didn't do it. You don't need to worry about that part. Let God do his part. Yeah. Amen? They will carry you in their arms, and you won't hurt your feet on the stones. You will overpower the strongest lions and the deadliest snakes. Sometimes the strongest lions and the deadliest snakes are in your own head. The Lord says, if you love me, and, and see... It is conditional, but on knowing that he loves you. On 
responding to Him with love. The only way that you can experience the protection is when you love Him. Not because your love for Him qualifies you for it, or not because He gives it to you once you love Him properly, but because your love for Him is what opens you to be led in the way where these promises can be active in your life. you got to work with Him. You know, it's a dance. It's a relationship. And, and, and what helps you walk into that protection and that provision and that fortress is knowing His love for you. You know, we're, we're like prodigals in a lot of ways. We want to go to God and say, God, I'll take the scraps. I'll sleep in the barn. You know, I just want to, I just want to be back with you. And he's like, Come. It's like no, you, you are my favored child. I mean, he brings you in. Of course he's going to clean and deal with that stuff. You with me? If you love me and truly know who I am, I will rescue you and keep you safe. See, that sounds like a conditional behavior promise, but you know what he's saying here. If you know who I am, you will be able to experience what I have for you. He's not going to force his character and his will upon you. You have free will. Do you see that? I mean, that's a very difficult concept for people to grasp. You guys, probably not, but most of Christianity... Have a, they see this as conditional because we read the Bible legalistically. Like it's a law to keep that you then qualify for something. It's like, no, it just, that's just the frame of mind you need to be in to be able to walk in the stuff that he's promising to you. When you are in trouble, call out to me. I will answer and be there to protect and honor you. You know, that, that's what I love about reading the Psalms is... I mean, David, you know, probably none of you have had your lustful, adulterous, relational partner, husband murdered. You've probably not done that, right? But David did. And David just would go to God and like, as if God already knew everything. I love that. You know, he didn't, he didn't play the games with himself. He just was an open book to God, warts and all. And it's right, I mean, how would you like your life <laughs> to be recorded in the Bible and people read about it and make fun of you from the pulpit? Sorry, David. Right? But I, I love that. Didn't hold anything back, man. He just, this is it. This is who I am, but I know who you are. You will live a long life and see my saving power. I mean, that's a heck of a promise right there. Long life. With long life, I will satisfy you. You know, go, go back over this. I recommend maybe read through this in a different translation each day this week. Maybe even get up 10, 15 minutes earlier than normal. Go find you a comfortable spot. And just read through this and think about it. Keep your heart open to him. Read through it. Because what you're doing is you're, you're bathing your heart in the reality of who God is. Right? Because you're going to need to respond to him 
in that way. If we could just believe who he is, we would experience who he is. We would live within the power that he's trying to work through our lives. We would be in harmony with him. We wouldn't resist. We wouldn't walk away. We wouldn't, you know, cloud and believe lies and all that junk, right? That's, that's, that's our job is to renew our minds. And this is an incredible way to renew your mind is focus on who he is. Read descriptions about him. Not to try to figure out how to make that person happy, but to understand who he is because what you know is that he loves me first and foremost. When I was dead in my sin is when he died for me. When I could offer nothing to him is when he died for me. Do I now think he's going to turn my back on me because I mess up? I mean, at my worst is when he died for me. Like, have you ever just thought about that and personalized that and owned that reality? Like, we think that's like, like kids' church stuff, basics. I'm telling you, that's the power. The gospel is the power. Isn't it? Good news. We spend a lot of time planting and watering the bad news. Let's override it with the good news. In, even in the midst of the, some of the worst struggles that you ever faced. That's when you need it the most. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are our fortress. We can run to you. You will protect us. We can hide in you. We can hide within you and be safe. Even when the temporary doesn't work out, when this physical world doesn't work out, we can see beyond that into this eternal reality that the Apostle Paul longed for. He said, look, it's better. I, I would rather go, but I'm going to stay. So having that eternal reality, Lord, but knowing that it affects our temporary reality as well. We love you. We thank you for loving us. We trust you. Just, just, tell him, just tell him for just a minute. Just, just tell him that you trust him and then pay attention and see if you actually mean it. I trust you, Lord. And then notice in your own heart, your mind, and your emotions, do you really believe that? Say it one more time. I trust you, Lord. And if something pops up, a situation pops up where you feel like you were disappointed, deal with it. Go into the scripture, search and seek and find something that relates to that situation and clean it out of your heart and your mind and quit holding it against God. Your heart will tell you the truth. One more time, I trust you, Lord. Now what comes up? Is it just peace? Or do you start thinking about something in this life? Because the cares of this world will choke out the word. We thank you, Lord. We trust you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. 
I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.